Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Schnapp, a.k.a. the Serene Home Nursing Agency podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Condon. Schnapp is here to explore the inner workings of the American healthcare system. We want to educate and inspire our listeners by diving into the minds of healthcare professionals and people with extraordinary stories. You have to hold on and have hope. You have to take control. You have to have that faith in God and say, and God's going to put the right people that you need to help you to overcome this situation. Not only for your daughter, but your family too. Today, I'm here with Alicia Tracy, the mother of Brianna Tracy, aka the Miracle Baby. Brianna was born with neck syndrome, or necrotizing enterocolitis. Today, we will discover Alicia's journey as a parent taking care of her daughter and how Serene Home Nursing Agency and her faith helped keep Brianna alive. Good morning, Alicia. How are you doing today? Thank you. Good. I'm doing very good. Thank you very much for coming here. Um, Alicia Tracy has a very interesting story that we're going to get into in a little bit um, about her daughter, Brianna. Um, but first, I'd like to basically start from the beginning, and I'd like you to tell us a little bit about how you felt when you discovered that you were pregnant with twins. First of all, uh, exciting. Um, every woman who wants to have a baby, you know, they... They get excited to see a child. Wow, twins. That's it. You know, um, I'm done. It was, uh, a surprising for my husband. I think he didn't talk for one day. Yeah. <laughs> he he was quiet. Yeah. He didn't just look at me and he didn't talk for one day. Like, ah. Uh? He just had to soak it all in. <laughs> Shut down. Yeah. <laughs> I was happy. Yeah. A twin in the family. Oh, great. That's awesome. Now, what is, Brianna is the, the main topic today, but what is her sister's name? Lily. Lily, okay. So can you tell us a little bit about the condition that Brianna had when she was first born? And did Lily have this condition as well? Lily did also, but uh, they got it on time on Lily. Nick, this necotrizin for short, uh, is an infection in the intestine. It causes sometimes because they are so small when they give the feeding the food gets stuck in the intestine, the air doesn't go through, and that's where the infection started to grow. Now, we spoke a little bit on the way in today. Um, you said that the reason that this developed within your daughter, or both of your daughters, is because they were born prematurely, correct? According to the doctor, they said they were born um, premature, one pound baby, um, 25 weeks. 25 weeks old. 25. The normal is about 40 weeks, I would think, correct? Correct. That's, that's incredible. So the babies, both of them were born at one pound? One pound baby. Brianna was baby A. Lily was baby B. Brianna broke water 20 weeks. And Lily did not broke water. And that was at 20 weeks, and they were born at 25 weeks? 25 weeks. Uh, Stony Brook Hospital decided to, you know, it was like a leak. So I still have water. So they advised me to drink a lot of water and try to stay calm and see how long I could, you know, the longer it stays inside of me is the better for them. But by yeah. 25 weeks in the middle of the night, I couldn't hold her anymore longer. It was painful. You say that um, Brianna and Lily both have the same, they had the same problem, but they caught it early on in Lily. They caught it early on in Lily. Yes. Okay. So I know this is probably difficult, but 
Can you describe how you felt when you found out that they were sick or that they did have this? Uh, what is it called again? Uh, Nick, uh, Nicotrizin, um, for short. But uh, they called me in the middle of the night and said, uh, come to the hospital. Your daughter is very sick. She may not make it in the middle of the night. When I got there, the doctor said to me, your daughter has a chronic condition called Nick and she's not going to make it. How old she, was oh, she? Oh, a couple of months. Couple maybe of months. Maybe nine months. Weeks, I had to say. Weeks. Because she was very, very sick. Um, and the doctor who was there that night, he was covering for another doctor. He felt that he needed to do the surgery that night. It, she was so sick that he said, we're not going to be able to transfer her to the e, to the emergency room to to the OOR. We are going to do it in the same room, in the NICU room. They brought the machines, doctors came, um, nurses came, they sterilized everything around. But there was one point that I had to make a decision. And that was the hardest point ever in my life. When they put me in this room, the doctor said, back then it was eight years they invented it fake intestine. They said to me, Mrs. Tracy, you have to make a choice now. We don't know how much intestine she has. She's very tiny. And when the doctor came into the room, he came with a little brown box. This little brown box. He opened it. It was his glasses. Because it was so small the intestine, they needed to go in and look. He said, Mrs. Tracy, you got two choices. Put fake intestine. And if you don't want it, we have to close them up and let it die. Right now, you not, you need to decide. As a woman of faith and believe in God as I am, I said to the doctor, I said, close them up and let her die. Because I don't want my daughter to be the experiment and suffer as much as already she, she did. And you say an experiment because it was just, it was such it a was new just thing. It was just new thing. The, how, do you know how? Eight long years, that was? they started eight years and they started to use it, you know. Um, so I didn't want that for one, a one pound baby. Couple of weeks from being born, 25 weeks, being through that. Yes, as a mother, you know, I started to cry. They left for the, to do the surgery. I said to my husband, I'm going to do what I always learn. I went to my knees and I cried with a pain in my stomach and in my heart like I was losing my child. And I said, Lord, please don't take my baby away. And I started crying and crying and praying and hours, long hours passed. When a nurse came in and knocked on the door and said, your daughter is going to be okay. So they cut 72% of the small intestine. Typically, a baby with this type of issue wouldn't make it, correct? No, she, you could, my baby would have feet in your arm. It's like in your hand. In your part of arm has that, that's how big she was. She was very tiny. To like try and make a comparison of that, like your water bottle probably weighs more than one pound. So that's that's insane to think about. So they perform this this surgery, removing her small intestines on a one pound baby. 
So she was only, at this point, she had been born for just a couple of days or a couple of weeks? A couple of weeks. And like I said, the doctor was leaving that night. He was done with covering the doctor. The next doctor was coming the next the day. But he felt in his heart that if he didn't do it, according to science, according to the doctors and nurses and NP, she was not going to make it at all. Because typically any any child with this no. syndrome or this, this issue would... Would not make it. Especially at that young of an age. At that young as the age. I would imagine that 25 weeks old is just extremely young. I'm pretty sure. I think when we spoke to our CEO, Irene, I think she said that the youngest baby ever saved was at 22 weeks or something like Correct. that. So like the the fact that your daughter was only one pound and 25 weeks old and they were able to perform this surgery and not only perform it but to perform it successfully it's just it's it's amazing it's a miracle after this surgery what what was the next step because your baby your baby could never be normal with the set with only 30 or 28 percent of her small intestines correct so what measures did you have to take in order to keep caring for her after that because she was only one pound at that point correct at that point, she was five pound. She blew up like a balloon. Her testing, her stitches came out when she was had the surgery. The testing. stitches were across her stomach. Across her stomach, or her inside came out. The, so the stitches broke, and her intestines were correct coming out of her stomach. Yes, because okay. the skin couldn't hold it anymore because she blew up like a balloon. So what happened at that point? At that point. I they were had a meeting at five o'clock, and science is another language. And I said to myself, I have to learn my daughter's condition. I have to study it. I had to be able to communicate with the doctors. They had a book with um, medical terms, and I teach myself how to be in the meeting with the doctors to make decisions on my daughter. You cannot, as a parent, control the illness and, and what's going on, but you can control the doctor's decisions that you can give as a parent because I was there seven days a week. I was there 24 hours. So before you continue, I, I'd like to make this point. So what Alicia is saying is that I would assume that in this situation, most parents would feel helpless. Right. They, they wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know what doctors to turn to and what questions need to be asked. But you went out of your way to essentially study what was going on and figure out what exactly you needed to do in that situation. Correct. Yes. They needed to make a decision called Lasix. Lasix is to release the water in the body. But if you do that, you can also take away other um, minerals and other stuff that the baby needs. So a lot of doctors didn't want to make that decisions. And they were scared that they would do a mistake. She was so delicate. And uh, in the meeting, since I learned how to, I said to them, you know, being a doctor is to make risk. And it is time to give some laces. Otherwise, she's going to, the skin is going to start to break down. And then that's going to cause more infection. That's how why I needed to, to step up. So you weren't blindly following their advice. And because of that, you were you were essentially giving them orders as the parent that you have the right to do that. And you took that right and made sure that they made the correct 
basically procedures in order to keep your baby alive. And that's right. that's amazing because, like I said, a lot of parents would feel helpless in this situation. And you went out of your way to learn more about your daughter's condition. And you knew exactly what details were oriented with that condition. And you took those details and told the doctors what to do exactly. and kept your daughter alive. Yes. One of the doctors said, um, don't worry, Mrs. Tracy, I'm going to do that. After they lowered her skin down, they decided they're going to transfer her to another hospital here in New York for rehabilitation because there was nothing else to do. I felt as a parent that if I did that, I was going to lose my daughter. She was going to die. I have a gut feeling as a mother. And I, you have to listen. And I constantly went and I said, I'm going to go in the, to do a little research. And I'm going to look. And I don't care in the whole world where I have to go to take my daughter, but I'm going to find out what hospital is the best hospital for short bowel syndrome baby. And I started to look and look, and I found out that Boston Children's Hospital was the number one hospital to take care of the baby. So I took pictures from the beginning to the end. Those pictures, I sent them straight to the main doctor in Boston Children's Hospital. From there, I got in contact with a social worker. Social worker, I spoke to parents also to get some feedback. So I didn't want to give up. I fought. They told me, no, she cannot be transferred down there. It's better off here. We know the insides. But when you have a baby after a couple of months, also the inside of the child will change. So you basically don't know. So I said to them, no, she's going to be transferred. And they helped me to transfer Boston from Stony Brook to Boston Children's Hospital, my baby. And that's how she started to get better. How long was she in the Boston Children's Hospital for? One year and seven months. Just to give the listeners a, a quick idea, um, Licia lives on Long Island. That's about, what, a three or four hour drive to Boston? Uh, basically, it took me five hours. I leave at five o'clock in the morning, Mondays, and then drive up. By that time, I did not knew there was a ferry. Yeah, the, the ferry know. that goes, okay. To I didn't, yes, I, my mind was just to get to Boston. First of all, when I transferred my daughter, I was so long, I went there to an ambulance, so I didn't know. My husband said, how are you going to come back? I said, don't worry, I'm just going to get there. I'm just going to transfer my daughter to Boston. Doesn't matter. Right now, my, my view was get there. So I got there to Boston. I traveled Mondays and come back Thursday because I have Lily. And they, I'm sorry, but they, I forgot to mention, they actually have an older sister as well, right? Melody, the eight years old. She was back then three years old. So I have to come back in the middle of the night and I'll drive all the way around. Take me five hours. I left my daughter in the middle of the night thinking that, hey, today's the day they're going to call me to tell me my daughter's dead. How many days would you typically spend in Boston? I spend there Mondays to Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I spend it with the kids in the house. Then Monday at five o'clock in the morning, I left. So I left my daughter with, um, they have volunteer workers that help kids and parents that um, have to go back to the house. And I stayed there basically Monday to Thursday to um, in Boston Children's Hospital. When she was released um, from Boston Children's Hospital, they released it with um, one agency. 
during that time when I got home, basically I noticed because when you're a parent and you have a child like this, you also need to teach yourself. You have to take control of the situation of your daughter because the best person to know your daughter and what your daughter needs is you, the mom, the parents. When I got there, I noticed the nurses wasn't professionals. I noticed that they were doing a lot of mistakes. I noticed that my daughter ended up back in the hospital for a mistake. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I was getting nervous. Um, I was alone. Then they left me alone for weeks and weeks and weeks. Restless. I cried every day. There's no time that I did not cry. But I still have faith. And I was still will fight. The doctor told me one day, Mrs. Tracy, there's something that Sanya cannot explain. Is the energy that you transmit to your daughter, if you have faith and you continue fighting, your daughter is going to fight too. So what happened in that moment, even though I was tired, even though I was, I couldn't take it anymore, I continued to fight to, so my daughter could be healthy. But it was too much for me. And I received one day a phone call from a, uh, a fusion company called Option Care. And the CEO called me and said, Mrs. Tracy's house, everything. I said, I'm exhausted. I can't take it anymore. I, can, I don't sleep. I'm making mistakes now. My daughter came home with a TPN. It's a, she came home with a TPN. That's a nutritional, a nutrition food for the central line. Central line is a line in the, close to the heart in the chest. But she was delicate, though. A mistake would take a back, step back, or die. I, I'm just remembering now, um, when you and I first spoke over the phone and you were telling me the story, um, all of these things were, were just running through my mind of how amazing it was that your daughter was able to survive all of these things. And she was a year and a half old still in that hospital. What did you say? What was the nickname that Boston Children's Hospital uh, gave your daughter? Uh, the miracle baby. The miracle baby. So you had this miracle baby that shouldn't have even made it to one and a half years old. No. And she was taken out of the hospital eventually with the G-tube and the central line, the heart, you said, correct? The central line uh, uh, feeding tube. She has also all the cables around her head and, and everything. So just to reiterate... She was about a year and seven months is what you said when she was taken out of the hospital and you had all of these new um, responsibilities in order to take care of her properly. And it was just, it was too much for you. At the end, it was making me stay because when you're tired, you cannot think. And uh, because of condition, it requires a lot of things, sterile conditions. Mm-hmm. I was doing mistakes. So you were making these mistakes while you also had this home care agency? Correct. Because... um I noticed that they were doing worse mistakes, and the 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 professional, the professional, call supposedly in quotation professional because it was not professionals. Yeah. You could see when you know because I teach myself to study, and Boston Children's Hospital. One of the things they did before they discharge your parents is to teach the parent how to take care of your daughter exactly, and they leave you alone one night to take care of the daughter with the machines, how to do the sterile procedure, how to change the Mickey bonnet they fall. So you kind of know 
when that I kind of knew they were not, even, including my husband, both my husband and I needed to be teach how to take care of my daughter. But this is a team. I needed a team. And that's when I received a phone call from uh, this agency. And they said, oh, I have a good agency. So you were given a call about a new agency, correct? Oh, yes. Can you, Lifesaver. Um, yeah. Can you uh, <laughs> just uh, tell us what the name of that agency is? Um, well, they said, I have a good agency. It's called Serene Home Agency. And I have a name, um, Irene. She's the CEO. And she says she's great. Not only that she's a CEO, she's a mom, too, with a spearing who went through so a you, similar. So you, you didn't get a call from us? You didn't get a no, call I from Serene not. that we were recommended to you? No. I got a call from agency on Shum Care. They are... They were monitoring my daughter from the beginning. The option care company was monitoring my daughter from Stony Brook, so they know my case. The CEO from option care came to my home because they knew, and my husband speak to them, they knew how stressed we were, how exhausted. There's no way a mother could take care of two twins baby at three years old in a home and a baby with this kind of condition. I needed some professional to help me. And you already had these professionals in your home that just weren't weren't cutting it at the time, correct? Mm, yes, they were sending uh, they was uh, sending people from all over without experience. Because I asked them, "Do you ever work with the G two? Do you ever did a central line?" They said, "No, I did it in school in this school, but they never had the experience and the knowledge of how to do it." I personally needed to teach the supervisor how to do the changing central line. When Wow, really? So you you actually taught them how to do their job? Correct. Absurd, honestly. That um, I remember you saying in the ri- on the ride here that these nurses weren't pediatric nurses. They weren't they weren't even nurses that should be taking care of this specialty type case because they they were just normal nurses, correct? Exactly. They were not nurses that um, they are nurses that deal with. All the patients that doesn't have to do with that, just like a home care situation or, or, but nothing like my daughter. Yeah. So not only were you exhausted from the situation in itself, but you had to also teach pediatric care to the nurses that this, this agency was staffing to your house, correct? Correct. There was one nurse who only worked in the guard, you know, with the, in the police stations where the guard is in the jail. She used to work there. That was her job. Yeah, definitely not pediatrics. No, she told me I never work with kids. She told you that? She told me that I never work with kids. My job was working in the jail facility as a nurse. That is not Then the other nurse told me it was um, an elderly woman. And I said, how can I help you, please? Uh, And I was trying to help her because I see, you know, she pulled the button the cable from that was connected from the back to the machine to my daughter's G-tube. And I asked her, how long you been in there? She said, oh, I just came back because I need to take care of my grandkids, but I never take care of a baby with this kind of complications. Just going back to after, after having this experience with this agency and these nurses who were clearly unqualified, um, Option Care told you about Serene Home Nursing Agency, and you guys got into contact with our CEO, Irene Manoli, as you said, right, directly? Correct, correct. So what what happened from there when you started to speak with uh, with Irene? Because it, it's a little 
untypical at other agencies that they would that you would ever speak to the CEO. You would never meet them or they would never show face. But can you explain a little bit like what Irene did to help you in that situation? I when I received a phone call the next day, I called the agency. I got in contact with one of the workers. The worker got in contact with Irene. And I went there personally. I really, to Serene, I went to her office and I felt, you know, I cried. I was crying. I said, I'm exhausted. If I continue like this, we both going to die. I'm going to have a heart attack. I explained it to her. But not only she was a CEO, she was a mom. A mom who who went through some similar situation and understand what I was going through. I felt that, because you can know, you, you, you have this gut feeling, you can know that I was not just a case. I was somebody that she really meant to help me. She not only, you know, didn't took my case just like that. She said, come with me. She took me to this room and she showed me all the training that they do before they bring it, uh, uh, because she, she, she told me right there, said, look, this is what we do. We train the, the nurses, even though they are professionals, we train them to go to your home. They also, a CEO came to Boston Children's Hospital with me. She didn't have to. She didn't have to, but she did. She took her time to go with me and support me to make sure to talk to the doctor to give the best care for my daughter. Because one mistake the doctor said could bring my daughter a couple of steps back or die. So she went and she also, I said, she came to my home to see what kind of procedure, what do I have and to help the setting. Because not only you, you know, if you're doing a sterile procedure, you might have to make sure everything is right there, all the stuff that you need all the cables, all the equipment that you need. She also came to my house. And that was important. I see the support. During the time, my insurance decided to stop completely in the blue. I said, what am I going to do now? I started crying. She said, oh, don't worry about it. We're not going to let you alone. We're going to fight this. She said this, I'm going to continue paying from my pocket and I think it was two months, two months. And so she got back the insurance pay for it. So not only did she fight to get your insurance back, but she, she paid for two months of Exactly. And she doesn't have to do this at all. But she did. Because she cared. It was not like, not a simple case. It was a, 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 this agency before, it would have said to me, oh, no, I'm sorry. Because right now in this day, it's about money. Yeah, it's very hard to find somebody who really care. I remember you saying uh, on the way here that you felt like you were just another or your daughter was just another case at the other agency. Uh And you're saying here now that the not not only Serene as an agency, but our CEO, Irene, you could tell that she truly cared. It's it's like a a typical theme. And like, I I love getting back to this all the time on the show, because we've had not only this, I, I interviewed our CEO and I also interviewed our director of nursing. And I'm sure that in the future I'll have other Serene employees here, but we always get back to a common theme. Um, 
I think that a lot of other agencies and and a lot of different healthcare uh, niches that people are just looked at as as a profit. Oh, if this insurance company isn't paying us, then we're not going to take the case because we're not going to make money. But the difference with Serene and like I, I truly I I believe this and I've said this on several episodes is that the people I work with at Serene I know they truly care. So I I know it's not just a gimmick to to make money. I I understand that Irene and Jen, our director of nursing, and all the other employees under them have just this sense of urgency to actually help each family and each patient. And that's, like I said, I say it all the time. That's just, that's, that's how things should be done. And things come from the heart here. So like, I I like that we always get back to that common theme because we're not, we're not, I mean, business is about money that obviously, but the more important thing is that we're caring for these patients. And it kind of makes me sick that we're not going to say names of the agency, but the agency before you, like they, they did not have the same sense of urgency to take care of your daughter. They were doing this just for just for profit. And when the insurance cut out, they would never do what Irene did. Correct. Correct. They were not a uh, uh, one one of one of the nurses. They are very professional woman. She was a pastor, and because I I believe in God and I'm a Christian all my life. I needed that, I needed that, um, faith. And she came every night. Very professional woman. Also, she knew exactly how to take care of her. I was able to sleep and she sit down in this and sit down. And she called her other pastors at 12 o'clock at night from Jamaica, Haiti, all over the world and started praying for my daughter. Every night. And I went in there and I prayed too. That helped me so much. My faith, having a pastor from serving home agency come to my house, work as a nurse, RN, and also give me that spiritual, um, guidance and help. It was, it was, it was like heaven. It was good. My daughter, I was able to sleep. We have. Two main points um, that we like to address when staffing a case. One is that for that specific case, the nurse we want to staff to it has to specialize in what they're doing. So when Irene brought you to the agency, she showed you that we have nurses that specifically do pediatric care and take care of G-tubes and everything that your daughter would need. We also have nurses that specialize in adult care and all different types of care. So we would never put a nurse in a home that isn't capable of taking care of the child because then we're putting the child's life at risk. But not only do we address that major point, but the second major point that we like to address when we staff a case at Serene is that it's a nurse that fits in the home. We always say that home care is about being comfortable in your own home, so getting getting care in the comfort of your own home. So you want we want our patients to be comfortable. So we like to basically distribute nurses to different homes that make sense and fit in well with that family. So it seems and like I I'm sure if you spoke to other patients within the agency they'd have very similar experiences as you. You guys got the perfect nurse. Yes, I did. I uh, she was there for a long time, including um, the other nurse. They were there for a long time. Brianna uh, um, got better. They also they also went with me to Boston every month. We have to go. 
How long was Serene staffed in your home after you got rid of the other agency? Like three years, three years. So during those three years, you you felt a lot more at rest, correct? You you were exhausted. You you got no rest, and you were just awake all the time doing what you had to do to take care of Brianna before you came to Serene, essentially. And then, did you get like a sense of comfort when you came to us? I did. I uh, I was able to sleep, like I said, and that was a main thing. Because if you don't sleep, you won't be able to think right. You feel blurry. I was getting sick. I have um, rheumatoid arthritis, so the person that have this condition need to have rest, or you get really bad sick without walking. And there was night that who knew who was a patient, me or my daughter, but I have to push myself and fight and help her. Um, I have pain 24 hours uh, in my bones. But I was able to rest when they came back. I was able to normalize my system. So not only were we able to help take care of your daughter properly when you came to Serene, but you actually had, you were able to take care of yourself properly now. You felt, correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually finally felt comfortable leaving your daughter with a nurse that was actually capable of taking care of her, correct? Correct. So you you essentially got some alone time finally after years of dealing with this. Oh, yes. I was able also to be with my other kids, yes. you know, to stay with my other kids. And, and I, I thank God for, for Seri Home Agency. I thank God for the nurses, for the team that helped me, the group, Stony Brook, Boston, and um, the agency that has, you know, especially um, the CEO, Irene, who... I knew that if I needed to go and cry until this day, if I need to go over there and cry to her shoulders, I know her daughter, her daughter will be open for me. And I'm very happy. So not only did you get this new agency, but you created a bond that you'd say would last forever with. That's the kind of person she is. We we saw with Irene this morning your daughter Brianna and I I, I know that Brianna feels the same Ooh. way she she we walked in the door and Brianna <laughs> threw her arms open and said hello and jumped into Irene's That's arms it. so not only and she said that Serene saved my life she yelled it was probably the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life like I said we come back to this common theme that we actually care for our patients here at serene and it's it's so evident and i wish i got that on video of your daughter saying serene saved my life because it was literally so cute but she jumped into irene's arms and like that's not a bond that you could fake you know what i mean like your your daughter how old is brianna now she's five and a half she doesn't have the g-tube anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, last year it was removed thank god that was a big accomplish um she eats everything, and she talks a lot. <laughs> she never received the the fake intestines. Right? Never, no. So she has. She's still living with thirty percent or twenty eight percent of her small intestine. Correct. Um, it may grow a little bit. They don't know um, because she was a baby, and sometimes the you know, intestine grow, but not really that much. She may have thirty percent, you know. But she's everything. She's holding. Her her body is able to hold. She's gaining weight, so that means yeah. she's holding her food. She she's a normal sized child for a. She's a normal sized yeah. child. Also, she's very bright. 
Oh, she's, she's a talker too. She's a talker because she wasn't talking when she was four. She is very good in computer for five years old. She's reading um, uh, school uh, first grader level, math first grader level. She's very bright in math in, and in school education-wise. Um, she's running. There's no allergy. Brianna is a normal child. And thank God for that. Yeah. And thank God for serving home agency. And yeah, you you say that you were that you're a, a woman of faith, and you keep okay. thanking God, and you thank Serene. Do you think that your faith played a big role in Brianna getting better? I believe so. You have to hold on to that faith. Um, you have to hold on and have hope. In a situation like this, when science tells you and you can see, hey, she's not going to leave. You have to take control. You have to have that faith in God and say, and God is going to put the right people that you need, the right person that you need to help you to overcome this situation. Not only for your daughter, but your family too. According to the statistics, Stony Brook, 80% of the marriage in this situation get divorced. Because it is so much stress. So parents with similar situations to you have such high levels of stress and anxiety from dealing with this and going through this with their children that they actually get divorced. Correct. And you and your husband are still together today. Still together until this day. So not only did your faith and and your praying and everything help save your marriage, but Serene played a role in that. Everything basically came together perfectly perfectly. Correct. You have to keep that faith. I didn't want to give up. Yeah. You and can't give even, up. Even when doctors told you that you should, you didn't. Even when doctor told me, I'm sorry, she's going to die. She's not going to make it. I bet that doctor feels pretty funny now. <laughs> oh, like I said, some they are very happy. I still pass by Stony Brook and I still go uh Boston. They call her like the miracle baby. She remembers every, every names there. And... I have to say that I, the most important things for parents is not to give up. Mm-hmm. So Don't give up. Take control. Fight. Aside from fighting and keeping that, that hope or that faith, is if there's anything that you've experienced from this that you would like parents in a similar situation to know, what would that be? It means continue believing, having faith. Continue, if you believe in God, don't lose that faith. Don't lose that hope. Take control. Don't be scared. You're not alone. Even when you feel you're not alone, continue fighting. God will put the right person around to help you, right family. Take control and and keep fighting like you did for your You cannot control the sickness or the illness, but you have the right. To, to choose what doctor, what hospital, what agency. Teach yourself. Go in the computer. Teach yourself about your daughter's condition. See. And, and help yourself. And that way will help your daughter too. Keep that faith going. Yeah, like I said, I mentioned a couple of times that parents in this situation would typically feel helpless and hopeless. And I like that 
we're kind of coming to an end here for this this segment and I, I i like that what you're leaving these parents with is to take control don't just sit by and let let time take away essentially no. your child's life you you took control you educated yourself you did what you needed to do in order to make sure that your daughter received the proper care she wasn't supposed to live as she's she's five years old now she's five and a half she's going to be six in july and she is running. She is a very uh, active child. Um, she's very normal kid. And but like I said, a lot of attention. In the beginning, it's hard. It's not easy. It's a lot of crying. But cry and get up. Continue walking. I cry working, but continue walking. Get up and do it. Because there's hope out there. In the middle of the dark tuna, you can see a little light on the other side. And I see it on my daughter now. So as a woman of faith and a woman who just has an overwhelming love and passion for their daughter, I thank you so much for coming here today and speaking with me because this is truly a beautiful story. Not only... Am I happy that Serene was able to help you in your time of need? But I'm happy that I met a parent that took control, like you said, and didn't just sit by and let their daughter pass away. So you are an inspiration to many parents out there. You're an inspiration to me. I'm not a parent yet, but you're that this story is just truly inspiring that you did what you had to do every step of the way, no matter how exhausted you are, no matter how tired, no matter how upset you got. You got up every morning, you did what you had to do in order to take care of your daughter. And honestly, thank you very much for coming here and sharing this story because it was beautiful. And I'm very happy that I've met you and learned this story about Brianna. And I'm very happy that I've met Brianna and the rest of your daughters. You have three beautiful daughters. And I hope that one day Brianna can grow up and realize how much their mother was there in order to help her and save her life, essentially. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you uh, for giving me this opportunity. It's a blessing. And it God, you know, giving me this opportunity for be here. And I think also, Sarah Home Agency, Irene, she's listening. Thank you so much for helping me so much with my family. Thank you for listening to The Schnapp. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Schnapp. That's the S-H-N-A-P. This is your host, Jesse Condon, signing off.